Today we take a look at a few early pre-season, sort of pre-season trades and work our way through the first three rounds of an also very early draft-only league that I'm a part of. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is the website. Head over there, check out all of our content. This is, well, it's not technically the first episode, but it's the first episode of our, or what will be our weekly show. Uh, I will be joined for the foreseeable future by Dr. A. Steve Alexander. First of all, thank you for jumping on. How are things over in the land of Georgia, Atlanta, that's where you are around that area. Well, first of all, uh, in my mind, this is the debut. The debut. We, yeah. we have an official logo. We have an official song. Uh, we're actually doing this. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's cool to be involved. So thanks for having me. Uh, the Braves, my Atlanta Braves are on a little, uh, having a home run derby tonight against the Twins. Kind of excited to see that. Um I'm excited to talk about uh, some of the some of the trade stuff that's happened in the NBA, and thanks for uh, forcing me out of retirement and to uh, get dialed back into what's going on. What's been going on for the last I don't know what 10, 12 days since the uh, NBA Finals ended? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is only twelve days, whatever it is, but it feels like they finished forever ago because we've had. We had such a big build up to the draft, and then the draft came and went. Uh, we had some, we had some decently big trades, um, and free agency is only a couple of days away. Then summer league is a week after that. So, yeah, I mean, not many people are, are covering redraft stuff at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of focus on dynasty, so I just thought, why not? Uh, it's never too early for me. I'm always keen to do a jump into a draft and talk about leagues for next season. So. Uh, I thought that would be a really good place to start with having a look at uh, the trades that went down in the lead up to the draft and then following the draft. You know, I think redraft leagues are underrated. Like to me, redraft leagues are the most fun because it's there's nothing better than drafting a, an entire team and having the you know the world at your at your you know at your feet and the future's so bright or it's so terrible, but the, having a real draft in a redraft league, like there's nothing more fun in fantasy hoops for me than that. No, I agree. I mean, I have, I have sort of stepped into the dynasty world a little bit, but for me, it's still, uh, I started with redraft leagues and, and I, they're still my favorite. Um, if, if you have a really bad season, you reset, Next season is, a, is a, ne- a new season. In Dynasty, if you've got a bad team, you've probably got a bad team for a while. Um, so, and, and drafting itself, I just love drafting. That's arguably my favourite part of fantasy is picking my team. Um, yeah. And especially, like, obviously we're months away from the start of the season, but it's these leagues that I'm in, which we run through, through FBI, um, the draft-only leagues, I think we've got about three or four of them. Are running at the moment and we'll be opening a lot more by the time the the season starts I, I will have forgotten who I drafted so it'll be interesting <laughs> to look back at my team and, and see how I went Adam um, speaking of speaking of dynasty can you verify that I got did I get the number one pick in that 30 team FBI uh, I can't confirm I don't think you got number one I think you might have got three two or three um, I thought I finished like second or third from the worst, but I was told by someone, I don't know about you, that, that they were going to do it lottery style and that I got San Antonio's pick, but I, I could be totally wrong about that. Yeah, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. Uh, Rhett Bauer and, and Matt Lawson run the league and Rhett actually went and did a, a, a diet, like a, a lottery um for the league and and I think 
maybe Waterloo, Michael Waterloo got the first pick. Uh, okay. I'm not sure. And you, yeah, I think you got second or third. Uh, okay. Kamla, Kamla got fourth. I think, I think he fell back a little bit. Uh, he had he's, the best. Not, he, he's not going to be happy. No, I think he had the best odds and he ended up dropping a couple of spots from memory, but don't quote me. Um, he may be, he may be also dropping out of that league. <laughs> That's what he was threatening me with. If he, he told me if he didn't get the number one pick, he wasn't going to play. He was going to take right. his ball and go home, but we'll, we'll see what happens. He, right. He's got time to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, we've done the lottery. I think there is a link in the group chat um, in, in Twitter there, maybe, or but I'll, I'll have a look and, and get it across. To well, you I need to. I need to just get in. Get in on that. I'm, I'm. I have not been, not been very attentive. No, it was on YouTube as well, so I can just send you the link. I'll do that after Great. we're done. Um, so on to the trades. The first uh, team, and and probably, I think your opinion and my opinion, probably the most interesting uh, in terms of what their fantasy value might look like. Uh, the Washington Wizards, they were involved in a couple of trades, didn't really get a lot back, um, despite the fact they got rid of both Kristaps Porzingis and Bradley Beal. Um, I don't think they're done. Kuzma, probably not going to be there either. So I've just highlighted a few players that we can talk about um, that, that people are already starting to talk about. The first one being Tyus Jones, who may or may not come in as the starting point guard. Uh, what are your thoughts on him if if he does get that starting job for next season? Uh, I'm kind of excited about him. I think he's one of the uh, little-known players with the most potential to have a big season if he does get that starting job. Monty Morris could slow that down. I think Jordan Poole, who we're obviously going to talk about next probably, um, I think he's going to have the ball – in his hands a lot, but Tyus Jones was basically a sleeper last season in Memphis and actually provided decent fa fantasy value. And you give him the reins to what is going to be a pretty, pretty bad team's offense. Uh, I think he could have a really, really big season sort of maybe. Um, no, I don't know. If, I, I think he's going to have a good year, and I think he's going to be a guy that people are going to reach for in drafts uh, if he, if it does look like he's going to be the starter once the uh, summer league is over. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you mentioned Monty Morris there. It would make sense to start Jones because I think we saw Morris starting last year and he did very little as expected. Uh, I did send out a tweet, uh, I think it was, I don't know, late last week or, or on the weekend about – Tyus Jones' numbers um, when he started last season. So uh, I think from memory it was about 25 games, roughly. Um, and his numbers when he started was 16.4 points, two three-pointers, four rebounds, 8.1 assists, and 1.8 steals. So uh, That reminds me a little bit of um, Jalen Brunson before he blew up. You know, I, yeah. I feel like this could be a similar situation. I don't think Tyus Jones will will do what Jalen Brunson has done in New York, but I think he could at least flirt with flirting with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, very similar in terms of what they do. Um, he, he probably is a little bit better defensively, so he'll get slightly more steals. Uh, probably doesn't have the scoring upside. Uh, of Jalen Brunson, but but like much like Brunson, he's efficient. He's an efficient scorer from the point guard position. So, yeah, look, I think um, I don't know where I've got him in my rankings. I'm going to have a look. And I feel like Tyus Jones also is not afraid to get in the paint and, and take it to the hole. And I mm. feel like that's what separates Jalen Brunson from some of his counterparts is you know, he gets in there, he gets rebounds, he, he takes it to the rack, he's, you know, shoots high percentage shots. I think there's a lot of potential for Tyus Jones. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I've got, uh, in my ranks, I've got Tyus currently at about about 100, but I feel like that's probably going to come in a bit uh, as we get closer to the season. Probably, I'm not, do you remember where Brunson was being drafted? I, I feel like it was around 60 Oh, last year? Last year, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was I feel like it was higher than that, but that's 
maybe because I was hyping him so hard. I, <laughs> I was taking him, I feel like, in the 40s or 50s. Uh, but, yeah, his ADP was probably around 60, I would guess. Yeah, so I think, as you said, I don't think Tyus Jones is, is quite there with, with what he can do. Um, but I could definitely see him coming in at about 80, uh, pick 80, I think, and with top top 60, top 50 upside. Um, so next player, you alluded to him very, very briefly there, Jordan Poole coming across from the Warriors. Uh, really good situation for him. Um, I also tweeted out his stats when he started last year. 24.3 points, three three-pointers, 3.1 rebounds, 4.7 assists, and almost a steal. Uh, so what uh, what do you think he can do given he will, I mean, unless he's traded again, which I don't think is going to happen, he'll un- almost undoubtedly be starting and, and he'll be the number one option on offense. What do you think he can do next year? It's interesting. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out if Jordan Poole is a really good NBA player or if he's just a mediocre scoring guard in the NBA. Like, I, he's kind of hard to put a finger on. Uh, I do like the fact he played 82 games last year. I do like the fact his numbers have improved every year. He, he's definitely a volume scoring kind of guy. And I think being in Washington with the rest of that lineup surrounding him, which is guys like Denny Avdija and uh, Daniel Gafford and, and whatnot, Chris Stapps Porzingis is gone, like you said. There's a good chance Jordan Poole could be a top, I don't know, top five, top eight scorer in the league next year. Uh, especially if Washington just lets him do whatever he wants to do because uh, they may just let him go out there and, and gun it up, which would be kind of fun. I think if you owned him, I'm a little worried about the shooting percentage, obviously. Um, but he's a good free throw shooter, doesn't turn the ball over a ton generally. He's just not going to get you the rebounds and, and assists that you're probably going to want out of a guy that is starting that shooting guard for your team. Yeah, I think so. I think he's, um, yeah, as you said, I mean, yeah, definitely top top eight scorer. Maybe he could he could be. I don't know if he can get to thirty a game, but but you could see mid to high twenty, sort of twenty six, twenty seven a game, uh, three three and a half three pointers. Um, he does have some assists upside, but yeah, not he's not to the level of Tyus Jones, obviously. So four to five assists won't get you a lot of defense, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. He, he's not going to – by the Wizards playing him, it's not going to lead to winning basketball or anything. They're obviously going to be trying to lose. <laughs> Having Jordan Poole on the floor is not going to affect that. So uh, I think I think he'll probably be drafted inside the top 50 in a lot of leagues. Um, is that – what? I mean, any thoughts on, on where you think he might go? Yeah, I could see the high – I could see people getting hyped about him and all the points that he's going to score and, and maybe reaching for him before that. But I think his lack of steals, the lack of rebounds, the mediocre assists, the mediocre field goal percentage, it just, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a fifth round type of guy. So a, a comparison, I'm just flicking through at that draft only league that we're in now. If you had both players available at, I don't know, pick 50, would you go Jordan Poole or Bradley Beal? Oh, I'd go Poole all mm. day. I, I Bradley Beal's knees and health and age and everything else scare me. Um, I, I love the fact that Poole played in 82 games last year and 76 the year before that. Like, hopefully, he's one of those uh, one of those guys that has the mindset of I'm going to go play every game this season, and uh, hopefully, he does that again next year and, and does it because. The, the place we're at in regular season fantasy basketball now is if you get a guy that plays 82 games, you have an advantage over your competition mm. because so many guys miss so many games. So these guys that, that play every night are they're value, they get a value boost, I think. Yeah, I think so. I in think head the, to head leagues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Head to head, obviously, over Roto. Um, Average games played now is mid to high 60s. So anyone that plays more than 75, 76 games, I think you've got to bump them up around. It's it's obviously hard to project injuries and that sort of thing. But 
Um, yeah, as you said, I mean, the Wizards have got no reason to not play him. Um, let, let's just get him out there and see what he can do. Um, so this guy, obviously, he, he, he was there and, and he's still there. But Dan Gafford, with Porzingis gone, uh, Gafford was starting last season, but he, he had Porzingis sharing the floor with him, so cut into his production a little bit. Kuzma's likely to be gone. Um, what do you think, uh, I guess, looking ahead to next season for, for Gafford, would you be comfortable taking him top 50, top 80, top 100? I mean, Gafford was pretty fun the year before that, and you know, injury really slowed him down, but I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a Daniel Gafford fan. He's He's a good shot blocker. Like people forget that, what was it, 2021? 20, I think with with the Wizards in 23 games, he blocked 1.8 shots. Mm. He was at 1.4 the next season. Um, when did he? When did he get hurt? I guess he didn't. Oh, he. Yeah, he's played. He's played a lot of games the last couple of seasons. I don't know what I was thinking there, but uh, he's a he's a really good shot blocker. He's kind of efficient. Uh, his field goal percentage is awesome. Decent rebounder. Um, his rebounds have not matched his position, but he's going to be in a much, I think he's going to be in a much uh, more of a spotlight situation this year. So hopefully he can get the rebounds going, but just the blocks alone potential you get with Gafford and the fact um, he could average 12 points a game with this team. I, I think I'm not afraid to take him as my like third center in fantasy. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to think of a comparison that we could sort of look at and 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 Claxton, Nicholas Claxton sort of comes to mind. So a guy who's not going to score a lot of points, but he'll be efficient. Um, he'll get double-digit rebounds. Probably won't get the blocks that Claxton gets quite, but could average one and a half to two. Um, yeah, I, I think he could actually be in for a really good year, assuming they don't sign another center or trade for another center. Um, and then the last name I had on here is Ryan Rollins, and and I just really want to br- mention him briefly, uh, mainly because I've got him in a do- in that dynasty league. And last year he did he did nothing, but he was injured. Uh, the Warriors were actually quite high on him coming out of the draft. So he's he's obviously not a guy that I'd be drafting in a stand, standard league, but just a name to watch, I think, um, as we've alluded to, the Wizards have got nothing to play for, so they want to get these young guys out there. And and I think Roland's long-term can be a, um, a meaningful NBA player, so I'm just curious to see uh, what he can do. So the next team... Uh, is the Boston Celtics. So they obviously made the big trade, getting rid of Marcus Smart and bringing in Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis coming off what was arguably his best, the best season of his career last year for the Wizards. Um, comes into a situation where he's got to share the ball a bit more with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, he was sort of a top 15-ish player, I think, last season, which is roughly where I had him in my... Uh, rankings for next season, but I've bumped him down a bit now. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, on the fit in Boston, and and whether bringing him in and getting rid of Marcus Smart was the right move? Well, we're going to have to see what the, the tale of the tape says later. Um, I like that move a lot better than bringing in Kyrie to play with Luca. Uh, th- this, is, this is the same kind of swing for the fences deal, except – Porzingis fits perfectly into what they're they're trying to do. First of all, it, it's really going to hurt Grant Williams, I think. Um, but it also depends on how how many games uh, Porzingis plays because the year before last, he didn't play in very many. It was like fifty, mm-hmm. and then last year he played in sixty five games. Year before that, it was forty three. So he's he's historically injured. He's always got knee issues. So that's going to be a big part of this, but I tell you what, I, I think it makes Boston a lot more of a threat in the playoffs than they already were, and they were already one of the better teams, even though they got, even though they got beat by the Heat. Um, they're they're basically one of the better teams in the East. Losing Marcus Smart, that's kind of a big deal. That's going to hurt. But mm. as we were saying throughout the playoffs, uh, when I, I, I was doing radio and whatnot, like having Derek White on that team to to 
fill in for Marcus Smart when they need him to is such a big deal. And now we're going to see Derek White thrust into the spotlight too. But uh, if Porzingis can play 65 games again, the numbers will drop. He's not going to score 23 points a game for Boston with Tatum and Brown there. Um, the numbers will probably drop across the board, but as far as making them a better team, um, that, that's going to be huge for Boston. As far as fantasy goes, I'm probably going to have the same enthusiasm level for drafting Chris Dabbs for Porzingis this year that I had last year, which was not very much. Yeah, I mean, we'll have a look at where he was drafted when we get into the the draft only league. But yeah, look, I agree. I, th- I think he's a good fit. I think it allows them to manage not only him but but also Rob Williams and Al Horford a little bit. Um, there's some flexibility there. Uh, Grant Williams, if he, if he remains in Boston, um, gives them that fourth option. Uh, so no, look, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. Uh, obviously, getting rid of Marcus Smart, he was sort of the I guess you could argue he was the heart and soul of that team. Um, but as you also mentioned, Derek White, I think you could argue that he was better than Marcus Smart in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and even down the, well, for the whole year, I guess you could make that argument. So I think he'll be he'll be really good next season. Um, we, we know what he can do. We know he can get out of position stats. He's not a high assist guy. So I, I think... If they if there's a one gap that they've got there, it's it's having a true point guard. But in saying that, Tatum can handle the ball a bit. Jalen Brown, well, if you base on the the uh, the playoffs, he, he's not a great ball handler. But, he can't handle the ball, correct? Yeah, uh, but but he might be asked to do that a little bit more. Um, so so I think White obviously gets a bump um, given he's going to be starting. Malcolm Brogdon. There are still rumours that he might be moved to the Clippers. Um, the the holdup was that elbow injury. Uh, they couldn't get medical clearance or, or, or get him sort of inspected by a doctor in time to make the trade. So mm-hmm. there is still a chance he leaves, which if that's the case, it really leaves them with Derek White as their point guard and then maybe Peyton Pritchard. I, I don't know. Um, and that if- probably boosts Derek White into Tyus Jones' territory, if not ahead of him, if that happens. Yeah, look, yeah, it, it could. Uh, I I have no idea where Derek White ended last year. Uh, I can probably bring that up, though. Let me have a look. Player rankings. That's what's fun Derek about doing these, doing these podcasts in the middle of June. It's like I have no idea <laughs> what his numbers were, but... <laughs> no. So he was he finished 87th Derek White last year 28.3 minutes 12.4 points 1.83 pointers almost four rebounds almost four assists almost a steal and a block uh 46% and 88%. So I think his minutes could go up over 30 um I, I he's he he gives you good blocks uh assists will probably go up closer to 5 I think so I mean, he was 87th. Does he move inside the top 70, top 60, which which is where we were sort of talking about Tyus Jones? Yeah, I think I, if Brogdon and Smart are both gone, I, I think Derek White moves up um, to to the 60 range. I, I mean, he's going to be a guy you want starting uh, for your team at point guard. Yeah, yeah. And then back to your point about Al Horford and Robert Williams and Porzingis, that may be the biggest thing that Porzingis is going to give them is um, having somebody who can fill in for Robert Williams when he's hurt because he's always hurt. Right. Mm, Yeah. And then Al Horford's 37 years old. Like we didn't think, I didn't know if he could do it again this year, but he did. And he was, he was pretty, pretty good. Um, But they're going to, they're going to want to have somebody that can play minutes to give Horford and Robert Williams days off. So, um, pretty, pretty savvy move by the Celtics. Yeah. 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 I, I like it from that respect. I think it does. It means they won't be forced into, to giving our Horford minutes and Rob Williams minutes. So, um, so onto the Warriors, not, not much here. Uh, obviously they've, they've acquired Chris Paul um, as part of that Jordan Poole deal. And I guess I just wanted to touch on 
what his value might be moving forward and, and whether or not he impacts Steph Curry's value. So starting with Chris Paul uh, last, he wasn't great last season. Um, he was injured. He finished, where are we? So he still finished as the 31st ranked player uh, on a per game basis, but only played 59 games. Um, and really his value is is buoyed by assists and steals at this point. He's not a high scorer. Um, so coming in and playing alongside Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, possibly Draymond Green, what do you think uh, happens to his value next season? I mean, I it's kind of funny. For like 10 straight years, I've been saying I'm scared of Chris Paul's knees. I'm scared of Chris Paul's age. I'm scared of Chris Paul's game. And he just keeps coming out and keeps doing cool stuff but he's 38 years old now um steph curry is not a spring chicken himself but i don't know that steph curry and and chris paul need to be on the court at the same time together like that's gonna be weird and chris paul's scoring and assists were already down last year uh golden state doesn't need a mid-range jumper specialist out there they've got clay and steph mm-hmm. and wiggins like they're, they're they don't need what paul does so it's a weird move to me and i think before it's all said and done paul is going to end up being the guy that comes off the bench to relieve curry even though i saw a stat tonight like Curry's the leading active player for games started it, what, what was the stat Something like he's started every game he's played his whole career. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this might be the year when he starts coming off the bench. Yeah, it, I agree. It was a bit of a weird acquisition. I mean, obviously, he's a veteran presence. Um, he's looking for a championship. The Warriors' window, title window, is getting smaller. Uh, so I guess now is the time to do it. Um, yeah, look, I think he, he takes a bit of a hit. Um his stats, I mean, he'll still get assists. Uh, he'll still get some steals, but he's not as quick as he used to be. Uh, I have a feeling. Okay, so another comparison. If Tyus Jones is starting for Washington, would you take Tyus Jones over Chris Paul? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that'll be consensus. Uh, Chris Paul will not be on any of my teams. I, can, I do not. Whenever I can help it, I try not to draft guys that are almost as old as I am. <laughs> Good move. <laughs> I'd, uh... Uh, I'm also curious to see what Kuminga does because Golden State has to turn him loose at some point and let him play. Uh, and and if they're going to have Chris Paul playing 30 minutes a night or 25 or whatever it is, that's going to stifle the Kuminga development, which mm-hmm. has been stifled already for the last couple of years. I mean, I want to see Kuminga play. I think he's one of the more exciting young young guys in the league. I think Golden State fans want to see Kuminga. So I it could come down to Chris Paul versus Kuminga, even though they play different positions for, for minutes. Yeah, look, it, it could be. Uh, maybe they look to uh, sort of move off Kuminga because he, he doesn't really fit their timeline and they sort of get to that point and say, well, we, we want you to play, but the minutes aren't here. And immediately came to my mind then, if, if Kaminga went to Washington somehow, I don't know how that would work. I'm not good at trades and salaries. But if he was the starting power forward, for instance, in Washington, I think he'd blow up there. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but you never know. Uh, and, and so Steph Curry, he's obviously a perennial first rounder when it comes to fantasy. Do you see him taking a hit with um, Chris Paul coming in? No, <laughs> I, okay. I don't. I think Chris Paul at this point to me is kind of an afterthought. Like I don't, I I see him on the death chart as the starting point guard, but I I don't know that I believe that that's really going to happen. Steph Curry is the point guard of that team. Clay Thompson's the sh- shooting guard. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I find it hard to believe that thirty eight year old Chris Paul is going to slow down. Steph Curry, even though Steph Curry, how how old is that guy? He's 35. Uh, He's yeah. 35 years old. He's only three years younger than Chris Paul, which is hard to believe. But you watch the two of them, and Curry still looks relatively yeah. young. 
He does, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I I mean, maybe Curry loses an assist or something, but in terms of my rankings, I haven't. I think I bumped him down from seven to eight. I think I moved Lillard ahead of him. That was all. But he'll still be sort of one of those guys who gets picked um, in the sort of that back half of the first round, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next one, again, a reasonably quick one, the Phoenix Suns uh, who acquired Bradley Beal from the Wizards. Um, just having a look at, much like with Golden State, what does his value look like now on a new team? And is there an impact on Devin Booker? Um, so starting with Beal, I mean, you, you've already said that you comfortably draft Jordan Poole over Bradley Beal based on what we know now. Um, Beal last year was the 55th ranked player. Um, so I think you have to sort of say, well, he's he's not going to be that good. Yeah, and there, I mean, there's a lot of miles to feed yeah. in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton if Booker, Beal, and Durant are taking all the shots and, and Ayton is just strictly becomes a rebounder and a, a seven-point-a-game guy? Like, he's not going to be happy about that. Granted, they could still get rid of Ayton before the season starts. I know there's a lot of a lot of Phoenix fans that kind of want that to happen. But, um, you know, Beal, Beal is so unreliable as far as games played. And I'm a, I'm a huge – like, if you're not going to play 70 games, I don't really want you cluttering up my, my lineup. And Beal's games played the last four years are 50, 40, 60, and 57. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. Um you add in the fact that KD and Booker are, are going to be taking so many shots. Beal's going to be probably more of a facilitator than anything else with that team. And he, he's a good player. Like, Greg Beal's a great player. Um, but, you know, the days of him scoring 30 points a game are over. He scored 23 in each of his last two seasons. I think he'll be lucky to be at 20 this year. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. Um, he was – I just had a quick look at that uh, draft-only league. So he actually went at pick 39 in that league, which for me is probably two rounds too high. I, I'd probably look at him around the 60 or 70 mark um, based on what we saw last season. And so Devin Booker with Chris Paul gone, I guess my thinking is that he could play as the starting point guard um, depending what what way they want to go there which could mean his assists jump up. We have seen him run the show before and, and rack up assists. So do you think he he actually gets a bit of a boost with Chris Paul not there? I don't know that Devin Booker can be any better than he than he was the last couple of years. Um, and I w- honestly wouldn't be surprised if we eventually see campaign start at point guard, Booker at shooting guard, Beal at small forward, and get a Kogi out of there. Um, that would not surprise me at all. I think campaign is a legit point guard. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather, I mean, if I'm running a franchise, I'd rather have a true point guard or a, at least a guy like LeBron or somebody who I know can find the open man and pass the ball uh, running the the offense than, than my best score. So um, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't, in my mind, Booker is still Devin Booker, and nothing has yeah. changed. Yep, no, I think that that's fair enough. It'll be interesting, actually, to see. Well, I mean, I don't think Phoenix are finished yet with their moves, but yeah, it will be interesting to see whether campaign does start. Because I mean, we've seen him over the last couple of years; he's been a really good backup, and when he's had to start, which has been somewhat regularly with Chris Paul injured all the time, he's done a really good job. So. Where did uh where did Booker go in that draft? Uh he went at uh where are we? So twenty one. I mean that sounds right to me. Sometime in the sometime in the second round. I'm, yeah. I'm and I'm comfortable with that at any time really in round two for Booker. So on to the Grizzlies, Marcus Smart. Um very good fit there, um, he, but he's obviously going to come in. He'll well, he's obviously going to start to to open the season because Jar Morant is going to miss the first 
third of the season with his 25-game suspension. Uh, Marcus Smart coming off oh, not, not a great year. Um, he was the 112th-ranked player. Um, still got one and a half steals, 6.3 assists, but, but didn't do much else. For him, I suppose, coming into a, a very new situation, um, would he be someone you'd be targeting in drafts? Like, do you think he can he can actually turn things around and get back to where he was two years ago when he won Defensive Player of the Year? I would take Marcus Smart late, late, late in any draft. But I'm, I'm not. He's not going to be like a guy I target. Like he will not be on my must-have list. Um, by any means he's he's 29 years old um he's more of a role player he's a better basketball player in real life than he is in fantasy now those first 25 games when ja is out i mean marcus smart's gonna put up some numbers he's gonna be fun so maybe you draft him i don't know 10th round and then try to move him before ja comes back but we we're all working off the same information this isn't like the old days when you could take advantage of somebody who's not paying attention. Everybody knows the same stuff. So everybody knows that, uh, oh, the only reason Marcus Smart is going crazy is because John Morant's not playing. So uh, I'm if he's there late, I'll take him, but I'm not actively seeking out uh, Marcus Smart. And for and so Ja Morant, I, I mean, I get this question quite a bit, is where, where are we looking at drafting him now, given that we know the – the maximum he can play is 57 games. Uh, you figure he's going to rest a few miss. So you're probably looking at 50 games from Jar this season. Um, I bumped him down my rankings quite a bit. Where do you think you'd have him now with the knowing what we know about uh, games played for this season? Well, unlike you, I, I have not put together rankings for the not upcoming many people season. Have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's a few people. I mean, I worked with a bunch of guys at Roto World back in the day that were like the day the season ended, they were they had like three sets of rankings ready to go. <laughs> and uh Aaron Bruski, uh Mike Gallagher, those guys were just like, My rankings got I've got them ready. Um yeah. I'm not that guy, so I, I haven't even looked at it. But if you're telling me Ja Morant's gonna play 50 games, where where did Ja finish um last year in rankings? Because uh, so he was he was ninety fourth in per game. Yeah, I mean his his name is so much better than his fantasy game that he's overdrafted every every single year. Um, yeah, I mean he's still a guy I want though. Like it's sort of like Luca. People are like, oh well, Luca Luca's free throws and turnovers make him a you know, the 17th best player. But in reality, if you have him on your team, he's putting up all those counting stats. Yeah. He's better than that. I don't, I don't care what the algorithm says and just, you can look at it and know he's better. And I feel like Ja is kind of the same way. And I feel like he shot better from the free throw line uh, last season. I don't know. I'm going to say I would take him in round five. Okay. So yeah, well, I've got him at uh, sixty-five in my rankings. So that's uh, yeah, sixth round, I guess. Um, yeah, and I don't I know that it... I would really do that. I mean, I, I don't know if I can sit and wait for John Morant to play, t- to sit out twenty-five games. Um, so he's, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because you know what he can do, and as you said, he's one of those guys that if you draft him, much like Luca, you're prepared for what he what he can't do or what he's going to impact negatively. Um, so he, while he was the 94th ranked player, there's no way he, his ADP is 94. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's going to be one of the more interesting uh, ADP, uh, I guess, conundrums for people um, given what we know. I like your answer of 60 better than my answer of 50. Yeah. And, and look, some people will take him, at 50, um, I can't see him going much higher than 50, but you could see him falling a little bit further in, in some drafts. Um, with him out as well, I think Desmond Bain has a really good opportunity to, um, well, not step up. I mean, he's been really good. Um, just going to have a look at his rankings, Bain. 
But Desmond Bain was the 36th ranked player last season. With no Jar Morant there, um, I don't know, would you be comfortable taking him inside the 36? That makes him third round. Would you be okay taking him somewhere Absolutely. in the third round? Yes. Yep. And I also think this Marcus Smart move is good because I think Marcus Smart is not going to put up with John Morant being able to do whatever he wants to do. I think Marcus Smart is going to play maybe bad cop or maybe big brother <laughs> John Morant and yeah. try to reel him in and, and fix some of this. So I like that. Uh, I like, I like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Not, not having jaw around for the first 25 games. He's going to blow up. And it just makes the Marcus Smart addition. He's just like an anchor that's going to hold hold down that team and hold it together. Uh, I think it's a it's a really good move for Memphis to get him. Now, fantasy wise, I'm not that excited about Marcus Smart, but it makes Memphis a much better basketball team. I think. I think so. Yes. Uh, so a couple more teams just, and these are very brief ones. Utah uh, traded away John Collins yesterday. I think. Um, uh, sorry, got John Collins in from Atlanta. Uh, he comes into an interesting situation because they have Walker Kessler, they have Larry Markinen, they have Kelly Olynyk. they drafted a forward. So I'm not sure whether this means Kelly Olynyk is going to be on the way out um, or whether he'll come off the bench. But for John Collins, obviously, he's been really struggling in Atlanta and, and has been on involved in trade rumours for seemingly the past three or four years. Um, what do you, do you think this is a good move for him, a, a good opportunity for him to sort of reinvent himself and, and get his fantasy value back up? I do. Uh, John Collins, I think, is a really good basketball player that did not pan out in Atlanta. And as an Atlanta guy, uh, me and my buddies all the time are like, oh, Collins is in Utah now. Watch this. Like he's gonna he's gonna go off. Um, I am a little concerned about the whole Taylor Hendricks Kelly Olynyk thing. Mm. Like that's a lot of mouths to feed there. Laurie Markkinen last year was brilliant. Um, can he do that again? Now that the expectations are there for him to do that, I don't know. Um, and then Walker Kessler is really good. Uh, had a great rookie year, better than we thought he was going to be. I, I do think we see a John Collins resurgence, but I think to your point, Kelly Olenek kind of needs to be out of the way for that to happen. Yeah, and I don't think they're done. Like I think Utah again, this is we've still got months until the season, so I I, I don't think that they're finished with their moves. Um, but yeah, much like you, I think any move is a good move for John Collins at this point. So fingers crossed he can. Uh, yeah, sort of get back to where he was three years ago. Uh, the fact that the Hawks could have traded him two years ago and gotten somebody really good back um, and to now where they just give him away for nothing and Rudy Gay as a salary dump is, is yeah. hard to believe and it's kind of some mismanagement and it just kind of stinks as Hawks fan. It does, yeah. I'm just going to bring up – I'm just wondering, so John Collins was 103rd – last season um but if you go back well even to the 2021 season he was the 34th ranked sorry that's totals he was the uh in well oh god he only played 41 games but in the 1920 season he was the seventh ranked player 21.6 points 10.1 rebounds uh 0.8 steals 1.6 blocks 58 percent and 80 percent as you said he's he's a really good player so if Atlanta can unlock, uh, if uh, Utah can unlock him, I think he could be another really good piece. And he's also him. a really good guy, and I think they're going to really like having him. I think his teammates are going to really like him too. So, I, I mean, everything is set up for Collins to shock the world and have a great year. Mm. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach for John Collins, especially if Olenek is there. But I'm not going to be afraid to take him. You know seventh round gets there and eighth round and John Collins is sitting there. I'm, I'm fine with that because there was a time not that long ago when we were talking about taking him in the you know second round. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. By the time you get to seventh round, there's not many players there that have top 20, top 30 upside. So I think you take the flyer. Um, 
So then just segueing, I suppose, into the, the final team here with Atlanta losing John Collins. Uh, there are still rumours that Clint Capella is being targeted by a few teams. Um, someone like Phoenix would make a lot of sense. But if they, given what they have right now, Capella's obviously the starting centre. Do you think they would look at starting a Kongwu next to him at the four? I think they should look at it. I mean... Kongwu, if you watch him play, I mean, he's a center. He doesn't look like a power forward. And Capella's the same thing. Both of those guys are straight-up centers. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't mind having twin towers out there with Trey and DeJounte. Then you, you mm. have twin point guards, you have twin towers, and you got DeAndre Hunter stuck in the middle of it. Um, the underperforming, uh, under-impressive – DeAndre Hunter. And is Trey Young going to be a Hawk? Like, are they secretly or publicly, whatever, is Trey Young going to be a Hawk at the start of the season? I don't really know. Um, I don't, you know, he's kind of opposite of John Collins. I don't think his teammates love him that much. Um, But Atlanta is definitely a very interesting situation. As far as a Kongwu and Capella starting next to each other. I'd love to see it, but I doubt. I doubt we're going to. Yeah, I'm not. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a Kongwu starting at center, as you said. I think he is a center, um, and I think if if things happen and and Capella is moved and a Kongwu does get the starting center job, I'd be pretty comfortable taking him inside the top fifty. Um, but a lot of water to go under the bridge before we get to that point. So we'll we'll go quickly just to, to finish up through this uh, draft-only league. So this is a cash league. Um, it's not big cash, but it's cash. So all of the people that are in it are are, are invested and, and look, I guess the point from, a, from an FBI, Fantasy Basketball International perspective, is that we want to start collecting some ADP data. So we start rolling these leagues out really early um, so that we can collate that data. We've already got a little bit of data to, to start with. Um, so this is a 12 team standard nine cat. I think I didn't even look at the settings, but I think it's a nine cat league. Um, this is the first round. So we are, we've, we're actually into the fifth round, I think one, two, three, four. Yeah. So we've actually just started the fifth round, but we'll cover the first three rounds and then maybe do the rest next week. Um, Having a look there through the, I mean, for anyone that's not watching, we had we went Jokic at one, Embiid, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Tyrese Halliburton, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Jaron Jackson. Any names there that sort of jump out as uh, well, not unusual because they're all really good players, but that you wouldn't take in that position or, or seems a bit out of whack. I don't – I wouldn't say I see anything that's out of whack. It is weird, a little weird seeing SGA and a Halliburton at three and four. Um, I like it, and I was I was the biggest Halliburton guy out there last year, you know, saying he's a top ten, top seven, top five player. Uh, so it's cool. I, I like seeing that there. And the way Shea and Halliburton both played last year, I mean, they both deserve it. Um I also like it because it means Luke is going to fall. Luke at six, I can get behind that all day long. Uh, James Harden is a little weird for me at 11. I don't know that I can take today's James Harden in the in the first round. But um, I love Jaron Jackson Jr. at the end of the first. Yeah, look, Harden was 17th last year. Um, scoring fell all the way to 21 per game. He's probably the one there that, uh, yeah, I think you could make a case that he shouldn't be in the first round. He's he's sort of fringy. Um, I think I've got him where have I? I've got him at thirteen in my ranks. Um, every other player that was drafted there, I have in my top twelve, except for Jaron Jackson. Um, I, so I am picking at six in this draft. So I took Luca. At, nice. at six, and I was I was pretty pumped to get him because I've got him at <laughs> I've got him at three in my ranks for next season. Um, now, would you take Anthony Davis at ten? It's 
Oh, it's a hard one. I have him at 10 in my rankings, but I don't know if I'd take him. <laughs> I'm not sure. Per game, he's amazing. Uh, LeBron's getting older. Look, I mean, if he's healthy and plays 65 games, then he's a top five player probably. Um, I don't know. Would you be comfortable taking him there? Do you know that he hasn't played 65 games in a season since 2017? <laughs> <laughs> I know um, now. So, I mean, that's a huge if, like you're throwing out there, right? And and I love the I love your your honesty. You're like, well, I have him ranked right there at 10, but. Would I take him at 10? I don't know. Because I always felt that way when I was doing rankings too. Like if it came down to nuts and bolts, like would I really take Anthony Davis mm. at 10? And I would not. Uh, the games played starting in 2018-19. It goes 56, 62, 36, 40, and 56. Those that That is science. Those are numbers. <laughs> that is math. There is history to back it up. Like if he yeah. plays... 52 games this year uh it'll be a win i mean he only missed what 30 games um and that's a lot of games missed and you know heading into last season you remember anthony davis's goal is to play in all 82 games this year yeah it's laughable right his middle name is street clothes and they call him locker room and yes like no i'm not taking anthony davis in the first round yeah, no, I, I can get behind that. Um, I think, yeah, look, again, Gilgis Alexander, Halliburton there, three and four. Um, that's about right. I mean, they're coming off really good seasons. I think you could make a case for, well, Luca obviously, because I have him higher, but I think you could make a case for Tatum ahead of those guys. But I think that top six will be probably what the top six looks like in, in some order. Um, and then beyond that, I think it's a bit of a, I think from sort of seven to, well, let's move into the next round and have a look. Probably seven through to about, oh, I don't know, I guess you could make a case for around 15. Um, Durant could be a first rounder. I have LaMelo Ball in my top 12. Um, so I'll just read through the picks for, for those listening along. Uh, so at 13 was LaMelo Ball, followed by Durant, Carl Anthony Towns, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards, Victor Wembanyama, Devin Booker, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, Fred Van Fleet, and Trey Young. Uh, obviously, the talking point there is Wembanyama uh, going at, at 19. And for those who can do the maths, yes, that was me who took Wembanyama at pick 19. Uh, it's probably higher than I would want to take him, but I really just want to have him on a team this year. <laughs> so I thought, now I'll just take him. I've got him. I don't need to worry about it for the rest of the, the draft season. But any any names there that, that sort of raise some questions for you? Well, to, to your point on Wemby, like it's one of those situations where you're picking in the middle of your draft. You're not going to pick again to the middle of round three. And you know, as good as I do, that Wemby's gone before it comes back to you. So if your old goal going into this draft, which a lot of drafts that I do, I'm I'm in it more to get my guys than I am to to necessarily stick to my rankings and my process. It's more like, okay, I have a goal to get. I want these three players on my team when I'm done, and that's when you take Wimby in the second round. And I have no, I really have no issues with that. Um, Lamelo Ball, if he can stay healthy, man, he's gonna be he's gonna be nuts. It'll be interesting to see. Um, what Charlotte looks like this season, but Lamelo's Lamelo's fun. There's a lot of fun guys um, in round two. One of them, the most interesting one there is probably Kyrie Irving. Um, does Dallas get help? Uh, you know who really could have used John Collins was Dallas. Um, yeah, Irving and Luca are such a weird pairing, but. The fact you're kicking off your draft with Luca and Wemby, like you're my hero right now. So, uh, the uh, Fred Van Vliet is interesting because we got to see where he ends up, right? He's unrestricted. Yes. Yeah. So he's opted out. So we don't know where he's going. Um, yeah. We don't know if Irving's sticking around. I think he probably will. Uh, the rest are all, well, Trey Young, as you mentioned, maybe he's not in, in Atlanta. 
Um, it's what also do you feel interesting to- seeing Trey go from being a top 10, top 12 guy to now a top 24 guy. Yeah, I think. Uh, so but he was just we- underwhelming. He's an underwhelming player last year. He was. He was. I'm just having a look at where he where he finished. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's you got to look at turnovers, take turnovers off. But he was 51st last year with turnovers on. Um, but probably, I mean, take them off. I haven't got it in front of me, but probably a top 30 kind of guy. So, yeah, that's yeah, about right. Still a guy you maybe can get in, in round three. Yep. Yep. Uh, Anthony Edwards at 18. What are your thoughts on him moving into next season? I feel like he, in his own mind, is the next great NBA player that's coming up the the pipeline, not named Wimbanyama. I think I think we could see Edwards completely completely blow it up um, and take it to another level this season. I I know he doesn't do the the rebounds and assists thing um, like we need him to to be a you know a top ten fantasy guy, but as far as shooting guards go, I mean he's he could easily. Um, I don't know. He 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 could blow James Harden out of the water this year. Yeah, I mean that's he's it's a little higher than where I've got him. Uh, but in saying that, I think he he's also one of those guys where the, the person drafting him here is obviously right in the middle of the draft with me. And if you want him, he's not going to be there in the next round. I think I've got him at around twenty four in my rankings. So there's almost no way he's there at whatever their next pick is, pick 30. So if you want him, you've just got to take him and um, and hope for the best. Adam, was this, a, was this a live draft? Were you all like in a room together? No, so it's still going. So, I mean, it's a it's a slow draft. Six were, there, were there comments when you took women, Yama? Did, like, was there reaction or is it no, actually slow? Yeah, I think because it's slow, there wasn't. Um, I was wondering if there would be any and, and none came through. So... Um, because I feel like if it was a live draft and everybody was in there together, and you took Wemby at, at nineteen, everybody would everybody would have just yeah. There would have been comments from everybody in the room. Yeah, and that's sort of what I was expecting, but I um, mean, it didn't happen. Sorry, I'm just moving stuff off this screen so I can uh, get ready. All right, so if we go to the Third round of the draft. Uh, so 25 was Bam Adebayo, 26 Kawhi Leonard, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler, Kristaps Porzingis, McCall Bridges, De'Aaron Fox, Darius Garland, Paul George, DeJounte Murray, Lowry Markinen, and Cade Cunningham. So my pick at 30 there was McCall Bridges. Um, my thinking there was that Wemby... I'm not really sure. Bridges, you sort of know exactly what you're going to get. He's generally durable. Well, he's always durable currently. Hasn't missed a game in his life. Um, so I, lo- I liked getting him there. Uh, any names there that, that you think uh, are interesting? Well, I like I like round three because it's it's got a bunch of guys that I'm not drafting and a bunch of guys that I am. Like Kawhi Leonard will not be on any of my teams. <laughs> Um, I love Jalen Brunson. Jimmy Butler will not be on any of my teams. I'm probably not messing with Porzingis, although late enough I would. Mikhail Bridges, like you said, like he was hell bent on playing all 82 games last season. That's my kind of guy. Like he's like, I'm not gonna miss a game. And he, like you said, for his whole career, that's his whole that's his whole goal. And I think pairing Bridges with Women Yama and Luca, like. I mean that's a scary team, man. That's that's really really fun. Uh, Paul George, I'm probably not messing with. Uh, I'm on the Laurie Markinen bandwagon now. After last year, like he was so fun and so so good and so surprising. Um, it wasn't really that surprising because he was so good in over the summer, you know, playing in Euro. But and he was he was awesome. Yeah, he was. He finished 19th last year, so I think. Yeah, I mean, if Collins is there, that maybe he, he's scoring takes a small hit. But if you can get him at 35, I think that's that's really nice. Um, yeah, look, Brunson, that's that's a bit higher than than I probably would take him. Uh, where do I have him? Uh, I've got him at 40 in my ranking, so so about a round higher. Where did he finish last year? Do you know? Um, I guess I can look at that. 
He was 45. Yeah, that's kind of high for Brunson. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how much better he can get than he was last year, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of like I kind of like that. I think I think Brunson is a better fourth round target, but I also think there's so many Knicks fans in the universe <laughs> uh, that he's probably going to be taken in the third round in most leagues. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and, and one more name before we we well sort of move on. Cade Cunningham at 36. He obviously missed pretty much the entire season last year with a leg injury. Um, all reports have him fully healthy, ready to go. I mean, do you have sort of any thoughts on him? Is he someone you would target or you're just sort of going to leave him for someone else to bother with? No, I like Cade. I think Cade coming off the injury and kind of being forgotten about is sort of in that super sleeper category. I don't know that I could take him in the third round though, with all the unknowns as you know, being in Detroit, but um, I, I think he's got super sleeper potential. Yeah, I've got him at 33, so about where he was taken here. Um, yeah. I think the, the upside's there. Uh, so the, we will only go through the, the three rounds, but you mentioned to me before the before we came on air wondering where LeBron James was drafted. So he was taken at pick 40 um, in, in this draft. Uh, I won't go through all the picks because we might touch on them next week. But for you, does that feel about right uh, heading into next season? If he's going to play, yes. <laughs> and I said from the beginning that LeBron is is going to play. He's still he's still too good, uh, despite his age. He, he's I don't know how he doesn't play another at least another season. He'll probably, he'll probably play in our three seasons. Um, I'm probably not going to be a guy who drafts LeBron James, but you know what was he? Twenty two last year, twenty second, um, in fifty six games. And he, he'll probably he'll probably do it again. I mean, I don't I don't expect LeBron to suddenly come out this season and look different than he looked last season because he's LeBron. He's he's a tank. He's always lived up to the hype. He's always exceeded expectations. I expect nothing less uh, this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yes, and and I do like my team: Doncic, Wembenyama, McCall Bridges, and and a little sneak peek into next week. My fourth pick is someone that I really like for this season as well, and I was happy to get him, and he's from Utah, and he could lead the league in blocks. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be with <laughs> Wembenyama and uh, and Walker Kessler. <laughs> if you hadn't guessed who it is, I think I'm set for blocks. Um, I don't think anyone's getting close to me. And you have a team that you can root for every night. Like that, All those guys are fun. They are, yes, and I don't think I haven't made my fifth round yet and i have no idea who i'm going to pick so we'll we'll cover that uh next week hopefully so that that will do it uh we that's bang on about an hour which is sort of what i was hoping for um thanks again for for coming on and, and this is going to be something we do hopefully weekly um this this despite it being the off season there's plenty to talk about uh we'll wrap up this draft free agency starts i think on the first of july is that is that right? I think that's what it is. It's that weekend. It's this. It's yeah. It's that. It's, it's this coming weekend. It, yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. You know, that's one of the nice things about not writing for Roto World anymore is I don't have to worry about being up at two o'clock in the morning for <laughs> Woj bombs on free agency day, and I don't have to be there when when it goes down. So I don't. I don't have my calendar's pretty uh, wide open, Adam. I don't. I don't have the all the important dates of the off season loaded in there, but yes, free agency is coming like very soon. And it, that's going to be, that's going to be wild. I can't wait to see where Fred Van Vliet ends up. Um, I can't wait to see what Miami does to, to give them improve their team and, and get rid of not get rid of, but they need something to replace 39 year old Kyle, Kyle Lowry. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is uh, the see what the Blazers do, see whether they actually move off of Damian Lillard. I'm not confident that they will, but 
we'll find out next week. Um, so I'm sure, well, fingers crossed, I always hope for plenty of trades and plenty of movement. It doesn't always happen, but hopefully we'll have some trades to talk about next week and we'll, we'll work through the next three or four rounds of the draft. Uh, so again, thanks for coming on. Um, and I'll be, I'm going to be here every week. You'll have me. So I, I'm yep. locked into, I'm locked into this until somebody tells me I can't do it. Yeah, no, look, it, it's, I mean, the idea is that we just roll it out weekly. Um, plenty to talk about. So we will be back next week. Uh, that will do it for the show today. Remember, you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Uh, we've got all of these draft-only leagues are up there, our Discord server, which the numbers are starting to increase again. And Matt Lawson's got uh, all of his dynasty stuff over there as well. You can follow us on podcast uh, this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe. We would love that. Uh, and until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.